let's go. A let's go, a let's go, a let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening? Welcome to another edition of the Player and the Fan. I'm yours truly, David Noel, the player, the coach, and we have our beautiful esteemed co-host, Miss Kiara. What's happening? <laughs> Good morning, David. Uh, we won morning. yesterday. Barely. <laughs> hey, but I'm going to take it, though. I'm going to take it again. We will do a D-Nose film breakdown uh, later on in the podcast because, again, there, there are still a, little, a couple little things that I, I think we need to clean up. But I'll, I'll, I'll show a few different things and what Carolina can do good. And, and a few things that they need to clean up. But I'm glad we got one yesterday. It was much needed. I know it was 48 hours notice of, of even playing the game mm -hmm. because Syracuse got canceled. And I forget who Pitt was supposed to play. Uh, that's who they were supposed to play. Notre Dame yep. was supposed to play Pitt. Yep. Yep. And yep. both of those games got canceled. So, you know, Coach Williams and Mike Bray, they, they trying to get games in. So they yeah. said, bump yeah. it, let's go in and play it. So um, excited that we got a chance to play yesterday. And kind of get that bad taste out of our mouth over the NC State and Georgia Tech loss. You know what? I, I think yesterday's game was um, one of the better games I've seen as far as energy is concerned. And they just seemed more together. Like, it, it just seemed like a more complete game. It may not have been perfect, but it, it, it definitely looked definitely better. Definitely won't perfect. Don't you do that. <laughs> but it looked a lot better than their previous games. And, I think for me, the best moment of the night was, of course, Leaky Black taking that last shot, that last layup, and just seeing Garrison kind of embrace him in that moment. And that was like such a needed moment for me uh, for Carolina basketball and, you know, them finally, ideally, hoping getting on, on one accord. So. I'm, I was excited for Leaky um, because he I needed for that. He, he did. And, and the crazy part about it is they ran the same exact play, like, seconds before or the possession before mm -hmm. and he goes in and he gets it blocked so and, and 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 so for him to come back and say hey this is on my shoulders i'm taking yeah. this yeah. again that's the leaky black that we need for the rest of the season and throughout the other 39 uh 39 minutes and 50 something seconds. I don't know where he hit the layup, but it was like what six yeah. seconds to go or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That's who we need for the rest of the game as well. That yeah. aggression from 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 Leakey is is what we've been we've been longing for. And he did it in the Georgia Tech game, and yeah. he carried it over to this game. So again, if Leakey can continue to kind of put together those type of performances, uh, where he's kind of he's kind of pushing it. A little bit mm -hmm. more he's kind of being a little bit more aggressive and, and smartly like mm -hmm. i don't i don't want leaky just going out there just because he's getting this type of pressure from the media or you know fans or all of that kind of stuff like he he's playing his game right. and, and 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 i love to see it and i like to see that it, it that it is kind of kind of coming together for him over the last couple games and again hopefully but but still i still feel like there's a there's a lot more potential there there's there a is. lot more potential there so but again, we'll we'll see what happens with it. Um, but, but at least he, he shined a little bit in that. I think that um, being uh, seated at the start of the game or Georgia Tech game, do you, do you think that kind of woke him up a little bit, him and Garrison? I, I know Garrison didn't have the best night, but um, we talked about, you know what, we're going to move on to <laughs> winning by the numbers. I see your face. <laughs> We, no, we can definitely talk about it. <laughs> we so can talk do, about do, it. Do you think that maybe, you know, what is my number? This is how Carolina. Ask your question. Ask your question. This is how Carolina defeated Notre Dame yesterday. Man. North Carolina won 66 to 65 in a last minute Saturday pickup game that was, as David said, scheduled. In the last 48 hours, um, Dave Armstrong. So before this game, before this game, no North Carolina player had scored 20 points. None. And, you know, it's funny. <clears throat> I went down a rabbit hole. And um, 
you know, just looking at, you know, what players have averaged 20 points at Carolina. And it's astonishingly rare, or in the Roy Williams era, it's usually around 17, 16 points. But mm-hmm. the only two players who have done so, who do you think it is? Two players. And one player did a back-to-back season. Tyler Hansbro. Yep. Is one. Yeah. And the other player... I don't think Rashad averaged 20. Yes, he did. He did. He did one year. He sure did. It might have been it might have been our it might have been our sophomore year. Yeah, I think it was sophomore year. I'm not sure the year, but he did. And I just thought that yep. stat was crazy. Um mm-hmm. that only two players in, in Roy Williams era have ever averaged 20 points a game. I'm messing mm-hmm. up the conversation. But anyway, uh Damon Sharp had 25 points. He went nine for 19. Um, he was amazing at the free throw line because that's usually his, his weak spot. Um, he went seven for nine. Um, he had nine rebounds. He played 29 minutes. It's funny because you actually kind of caught that him playing heavier. He played 29 minutes. Um, and he, he was just phenomenal. Uh, Coach Williams went with a different lineup. And honestly, it was a lineup that kind of, you know, was reminiscent against Georgia Tech, except that instead of starting uh, R.J. Davis, he started Caleb Love. But the only reason he started R.J. Davis was because R.J. was 35 seconds late to uh, warm ups for the game. And so that's how Caleb Love, yeah, 35 seconds. They had it down to a T. Uh, yeah. And so that's why he sat instead of started. Uh, but the only other player that had a double digit point was Ditto number 24. <laughs> Erwin Walton went four for eight from the three um, and yeah, had three assists and he played 27 minutes. Uh, He had heavy minutes, a a dramatic increase from just two games ago. So it's it's been astonishing how um, his uh, coach has been starting to rely on him more at his shooting and him being a necessity in the game, even though I know what you're thinking, his defense is questionable. I, I, I oh, it, it, his, his defense ain't questionable, but his defense David, is non-existent. So that, listen, David. there are two things that are going to get you on the floor for any coach in America. I don't care who it is. If you can play defense, you are going to play. And if you can shoot, you are going to play. Those are the two things that are going to get you on the court consistently for any coach in America. I don't care who it is. And if, and if a coach telling you that, no, they got to be able to play defense, they lying. If I got a shooter and I know yeah. he, ain't, he ain't like crazy on defense, that joke was playing. And that's yeah. what Kerwin Walton is for us yeah. right now. Because his defense coach, is horrible. But coach did say that it's getting better. And Kerwin. What's getting <laughs> better? He's, 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 don't, don't let coach be lying to y'all out here, bro. Don't worry getting, about it. You will see it. You will see it in Dino's film breakdown. It's, it's getting better, and uh, and Kerwin said that he's he's feeling a, a bit more comfortable. So um, I, I'm ready to see his progress come come March. We're gonna have this conversation again and see if he's he's progress. Okay, um, we will. But uh, one of the issues yesterday, the good thing is only eight turnovers. That that's the best thing. Yes, that's the best but, thing. Only two fast break points, two, and and those two fast break points I think came in the second half. I don't even think they had it in the first. Two fast break points, and uh, yeah, two fast. That's, I mean, everything else was kind of okay, I guess. No, everything um, else was dominant. Outside of yeah. again, we still we still got to continue to shoot the three ball better. I feel like, but. 10 for 14 from the free throw line is always yeah. great, 71%. And then we absolutely dominated the backboards. But yeah. again, the problem is, and, and and for North Carolina, especially this team, with our half-court offense being so inefficient, we have to find ways to turn guys over. We have to find ways to get some type of transition points. And that's not happening for this North Carolina team. I don't know if it's, we're not able to get the ball out efficient enough, efficient enough. The the guards pushing the ball up the floor <clears throat> aren't seeing things early enough to be able to make plays in the transition. But like this, this team has to rely on 
some type of fast break points because our our individual freelance half court offense isn't going to get it done. That's why that's why you see a game like this where Notre Dame's go Notre Dame goes two for six mm -hmm. from the free throw line, mm -hmm. and we go ten for fourteen. They go. 11 for 30, we go eight for 23, not much of a gap there. We had 14 more possessions than they did. We out-rebounded them on the offensive glass, 21 to three. Overall, 48 to 27. Mm -hmm. Turnovers, they had two more turnovers than we did. If I give you those numbers, you think North Carolina won by 20. Yes, yes. And yet you look at the box score and they and they win by one. So on a last second kind of shot, too. Yeah. And the, yeah. so they, they could have lost this game. Yeah. So it could, shows yeah. you it that it, so it shows you how much is really, really wrong with North Carolina's offense and, and and them not being able to put the ball in the bucket because and also their defense as well. Yeah. And it just seems like it's just so hard. Like it seems like a hard they just it's like it's so difficult um and when just looking at these numbers it's weird to me seeing that dayron had 25 Perwin had 12 and it just drops off to leaky at eight and then we go five points two points three points like that's just mind-blowing to me i'm like how in the hades did they even get to 66 like looking at these numbers you're like how where does this even add up so it's just it's just i don't know it's just weird seeing these low numbers and wondering how in the heck they won this game because it like you said it doesn't just look like they did like it's it's astonishing and then when you look at you know i, I feel bad because armando didn't have the game he usually has and it's i mean he's been on the last yeah. nine games but he went one for seven uh, he only has four points and two of those are from the free throw line. And right. Caleb and and doggone RJ, I don't think they had any buckets until the second half. I think I'm almost positive, but um, That's, yeah. So, so yeah, Caleb's five points came from the second half, and so did RJ's, and that was his three. Caleb. Caleb, I, so watching the game, like I saw a kid that I think right now is overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I really do feel like Caleb is, he's thinking way too much. He, he doesn't necessarily, it's either he doesn't believe in himself right now or something else is going on. Um, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen a kid be that good in high school, right, right, and come to this level and 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 yeah. it, and, it, and it really really looked this bad. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and, and if it's confidence, then like like he had he has to find his way, like he has to find his way, and and a, and a lot of that is ha sometimes has to come from within, like. A coach can a coach can give you confidence for sure. Um, a coach can put you in position to be successful, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to take advantage of those opportunities. And whether whether that's getting in the gym and kind of working working through your own headspace, figuring it out yourself, like like I think a big part of the game is mental. Mm -hmm. If you look at guys like a Kobe Bryant or a LeBron James or even a Michael Jordan uh, to, to the greatest level, like they played the game here. Yes, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and when you play the game mentally, like they, and they dominated the game here, that's that's the difference. They dominated the game here and then their body kind of followed and, and, and did whatever else it, it needed to do. Um, with Caleb, your body can't follow if your mind is jacked up. Right. And, I, and I feel like right now his mind is just, his mind is somewhere else. And I hope that he can, he can figure it out during the season versus it taking 
a toll on him for the rest of the season. And he ends up doing something that could possibly either make him a one and done when he's not ready or him transferring. Yeah. Because that's a possibility too. And because mind you, this year is free. Yeah. Remember, this year is free. Everybody gets this year for free. So if he does decide to, to leave, like for whatever reason, then he can go somewhere and it be a clean slate. Uh, and, and, and I hope, I hope that that doesn't happen because I truly believe that Caleb Love is a talent. I truly believe that he is capable of being a really good guard at the University of North Carolina, but he has to get out of his head and other things have to fall in place for him. So now I, my question is, yeah, because, so the thing about Caleb for me is when you have, like you said, he, he's so esteemed in, in high school. First of all, his coach is Jason Tatum's dad. Like, so he ain't coming from no, like, you know, bare minimum. Like, he's being coached by one of the greatest. Like, you know, he has those those connections in St. Louis. So, for me, mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking, you know, how do I say this? Um, how, how, how do you fix it? Like, I, and, and I feel bad because I can only imagine how it feels to be so great at your craft. And a couple of months into one of the highest levels at one of the, the best programs in college basketball, and you're not efficient and you're not effective. And, mm-hmm. you know, are, are people, do you think people are in his ear telling him, you know, the NBA has to be in question at this point because we're only a couple of months, you know, out from the season ending because if, you know, April is right here. So right. do, you, do you think that, you know, whenever a player is, is having these types of issues and you start confiding to people that, that care about you and they're telling you, like, bro, like, you ain't having a season. You're supposed to these three-point games and kicking it. You know, this is what the NBA is looking like. Does that make you want to just stop altogether? Wait, can you enter the transfer portal midseason? You can you can. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if I'm Caleb and this is happening to me and I'm not being efficient in this type of system and I'm thinking about the next level because we, everybody knew he was a one and done. Everybody knew De'Ron was a one and done. So, like, if this ain't working out the way it's supposed uh, to next- <laughs> Everybody assumed. I thought De'Ron every- was a one and done. Everybody assumed. I, I, when we when we first started, we always said that Caleb and Dayron probably were the two players that could possibly right. be one and done. So again, you we and when we say that, that means we need to see them play first. Well, Dayron definitely leaving. Oh, he, he, he better. <laughs> he, he got to. He better. So, he better. So I mean, if if I'm Caleb and, and this this NBA thing, my bag looking smaller and smaller each game I play, I'm. Shoot, non game days. So, 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 not so we can't. So, so okay. So that's where, that's where maturity has to come into place. Whoever is in his inner circle has to understand this point. Just because you had a bad year doesn't mean that you leave. Mm-hmm. You see, what I'm saying, I'm like, so that's again, that's the problem. No, that's the problem <laughs> with some of these kids today. They think they're supposed. They think they think they're supposed to come in to the highest level of college basketball and be able to perform at the highest level of college basketball, like 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 so many others have done before them. Guess what? There is a learning curve. There is a learning curve to college basketball. There is a learning curve to understand what you need to do to fit in a certain system. So for Caleb. And this and this is this is me being completely honest. If he doesn't if he doesn't finish the year out strong, he has to come back. Hmm. He has to come That's back. Y- yes, yeah, it's That's maturity. Yeah, it's maturity. It you can't you can't leave the university. Of the, now, now when I when I say come back, I mean it 
only if he's bought into what North Carolina yeah. is doing. Absolutely, yeah. So, so if, if he doesn't feel like North Carolina is the right place for him, then by all means, you leave and don't go, don't go to the NBA though. Don't don't say yes, I'm a one and done just to try. No, son, there, there, are so, yeah. there are so many things inside your game that you have to work on. There are so many things. So and and, and if you're gonna do that, let's try let, okay. If if need be, if need be, and, and I'm and by no means am I telling Caleb that he needs to transfer because he's yeah. had a Guess what? Sometimes there, there are bad days. There are bad yeah. seasons. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that the place that you're in isn't right for you. That just means you need to grow up. You need, need to, to grow, grow up. up. I need to grow up. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, so there, there are certain things inside of his game that he has to work on. And if North Carolina is the place for him to do that, and, and he doesn't finish this season out strong and, and shows everybody like, who he was in high school, so to speak, then he has to come back. That that doesn't that doesn't mean I leave because I had a bad year. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. think of like Nasty Little. We talked about him being you know, a one and done and, and North Carolina not necessarily being uh at that particular time the place where he felt like he could yeah. it, it, like spread his wings and show everything that he can do. That's okay. I'm okay with that. So now, but his potential, his potential, it was, 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 had some room of growth, right? Yeah. So I'm okay with him leaving for the NBA. Him leaving for the NBA is different from Caleb leaving from the NBA because inside of North Carolina system, Nasi Little was still able to show yeah. who he was at times. Yeah. Caleb has not been able to show that. And now it's in his head. Now the NBA is in his head. Now yeah. I'm sure he got plenty of people in his circle telling him some of the dumbest things, probably. Yeah. And, and, and he may, I, I hope, I pray that he has somebody in his corner that is willing to say, hey, kid, hey, hey, listen, this is what you need to do. And, and I need you to th- think through this like strategically and also maturely. Because if he has that, then I think he'll make the right decision. If he doesn't, then it, then he could possibly make a decision that will cost him in the, in the long run. And maybe his game is tailored for, like, so with Cole Anthony, we could see that his game was tailored for the NBA. Yes. We can't see that with Caleb right now. So at this point, with, with the growth that you're talking about and the maturity that has to take place, I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, it, to me, this is now bigger than basketball because you have no to be in love, in love with the program, in love with the people around yes. you. That's the only reason you stay, because if it's just basketball, you're moving on. But if you're completely right. brought into the program and into the Carolina brand, that's what makes you stay. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's bigger than basketball. You're right. You are so, absolutely right. So here, I, I think, I think, and I, I don't know if we mentioned this on the, on the last podcast or, or maybe we talked about this off camera. Like, people, people, like, forget that. Most jokers go want to go to school for four years. Like, like when you go to college, you, you your thought process is to be there mm-hmm. for four years. You want to graduate. Mm-hmm. This is school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. The, there's a rule in place that makes you go to school, makes you be a one, uh, that makes you have to be a collegiate athlete for at least one year before you can go and get your particular bag from from from, from whatever sport that you're trying, well, from basketball football they got they got a rule and you got to be three years or whatever the case may be or a certain age or something but for basketball they're making you go to school for this one year and if that one year doesn't work out for you as far as what you are doing on the floor it's okay to come back right. <laughs> like bro you can still be a top five. Raymond Felton was there for three years and was a top five pick yeah Sean May was there for three years and was a lottery pick Rashad McCants was there for three years and was a lottery pick. Yeah. Harrison Barnes was there for two years and was, I was a lottery just about to pick. Say, yeah, like, yeah. like, like it's, it's okay to come back. Like, you don't have to be a one and done. I have a question. And I thought about this the other day. And I was going to bring this up on the podcast. So what is it about the NBA that is the only sport to me that is so rushed? You don't see this in baseball. You don't see this in football. You don't see this in any other sport. Soccer, the the rush to go pro is so excessive. Like, 
it, it, it's insane the way like I was just looking at it to make sure it's three years in in college uh, baseball before you go pro. Three years in, in college football. I, I'm not sure about soccer, but usually they stay. You know, most stay there four years. It's just insane how it's so quick for the pipeline to the NBA is like one and one and done. Or hey, you know what? We create this other avenue. You can go to the G League, and then you can go to the NBA. No other sport is like this but the NBA. And I, it's, it's, it's insane to me how these kids in basketball grow up so much more quicker than they do in any other sport. They, and, and they never seem properly ready. They never are. And, and they don't seem as mature in, in other sports. It's... Maybe because the media isn't the same. I, I know NBA is so much of, of a, a progressive and dominant sport. I get it. But when you look whenever NFL players go or when baseball or soccer, they just look so much more mature, so much more just prepared. The mm-hmm. NBA is seemingly, to me, still getting kids. They and, are. And it's like they're, they're just not ready in, in all aspects of it. Like, it's weird to me. So the, and as I was doing this, I was dangling the bag in your face. I'm dangling the bag. Like here, I got the bag. What's, what's my man on the commercial where he got the dollar? He like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, come yeah. Get it. yeah. <laughs> that's what they doing. That's that's what the NBA does. The NBA, they and, and you get to the money so quick. Yeah. You get to the money quick. Yeah. Like bro, I'm 18, I'm 18 years old. Bro, J- Jason Tatum just signed hey, a what? Yep. Max two, like 200 mil. Five years. And, and Coupo just signed for what? Oh, it's just it's probably the same thing. <laughs> but that, no, Coupo signed for like two hundred thirty. Uh, Tatum signed for like one ninety or something like that. But but nonetheless, think think about it. Yeah. Think about it. And how old are they? I think Jason is like what 21, 23? So so, so I was I was I, when I left school I was twenty two years old. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to get drafted, and I still don't 22. think I was mature enough. Yeah, at twenty two, so imagine at eighteen. Well, he he still got a million bag. Yeah, and, and and he still got the bag. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Now, now that now now I will say this: it is about your foundation, and I get it. Like so many kids nowadays want to do it for their families. Like yeah. so many kids want to get to the bag so quick because. But trust me, I understand. I grew up in a single parent household. I grew up with a mama that had to work two jobs. I grew up in a household where I had to get a job just so we could eat. I worked at Pizza Hut. Shit, if I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work yeah. somewhere where I know I like the food, yeah. so I can bring that to the crib. And so, luckily, I had a I had a general manager that was that was willing to let you know, let me make a pizza at the end of the night, and I could take it home so we could eat. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I understand. I understand getting to the bag early. I understand that, no question about it. But at the same time, are you mature enough for the bag? Like, like, and again, I not not to get spiritual or religion or whatever the case may be. Like, they tell you, like, God is only gonna bless you with what you are prepared for. Prepared for, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? God is only gonna bless you with what you are prepared for. So he might he might give you this bag, yeah. And if you trick it off. I can't give you no more. You didn't even do what you were supposed to do with the first bag I gave you. Do it, ship. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so again, we have to be mature enough to understand that there is not just one avenue to get the bag. All right. If if it ain't basketball, that's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay if it's not basketball. Like I don't care. I got three boys that I'm raising, trying trying to be black men in this world. I guarantee you, I will not force sports down their throat. I don't, I don't care if they dribble a basketball. They don't have to live up to what daddy did. Yeah. They, ain't, they ain't got to do that. What I want you to do, son, is I want you to go out here and I want you to own something. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to school to work for nobody. Right. Like you are going to school to be a owner of something. Yeah. You are going to have your own. You ain't gonna have to rely on nobody else. You ain't gonna, you ain't have to, you ain't gonna have to rely on what daddy did. You ain't gonna have to follow in that shadow. Now, now, if they want to play sports, then by all means, I'm going to applaud that. I am going to do what I can as a father to instill the wisdom in them that 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 that, that they'll need, and to miss the miss all of the all of the uh, speed bumps, potholes, or whatever the case may be that I did. 
Right. I'm gonna I'm make sure I get that out the way. But know, know this, you, it doesn't, you don't have to play basketball. You don't have to play football. You don't have to play baseball in order to be successful in this life. And I think that's, I think that's what a lot of these kids are missing. And you can yeah. still get the same bag. Yeah, you absolutely can, yeah. You can still get the same bag. But nonetheless, that's our, that's our speech for today. Let's get to this film. Because yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just got a dog. So I, I tell Jack all the time, he can be normal. <laughs> I don't have that thing. Tell, tell us, Fred, I said, what's happening? Stop. He's, he doesn't look like that. No, no, Master Splinter. Splinter. He look like Splinter, not Shredder. My bad. <laughs> hey, have y'all seen Kiara Dog? Don't tell do Jack this. To come here for a second. <laughs> He's at my feet being a baby. No, I'm not, I'm not going to play with you. I'm not going to make fun of my child. My guy. I don't know. Hey, so, but yeah. anyway, go ahead. What are we ready for? We are ready for Dino's Breakdown Fight Fit. Hey, so again, this is a session that we do. Uh, for those of you who may be new to the podcast, uh, I do a film breakdown of, of the, the game the night before. We don't, we don't do it every single uh, podcast, but this one I felt like there, there was some stuff in here that would be good um, for fans to kind of understand. And, and we've talked about how North Carolina's offense is, you know, kind of stagnant at times or kind of cluttered at times. And because of, and because of that, the two big lineup that we play. Um, but here is some, some things that will allow you to see it in a different light as far as the good that comes from, you know, playing with two bigs. Uh, so to speak. So we'll start at about the 114 mark yep. um, on the on the film. And this is what you are going to see uh, from North Carolina. Go ahead and play it. All right, pause it. All right, so North Carolina has two bigs in the game. If you could back it up just a tad bit to where Garrison has it in the in the post, right there. Mm -hmm. All right. So as you can see, North Carolina plays with two big men. And again, the spacing is terrible, even on this. <laughs> but you are surrounded. <laughs> you are surrounded because they are so worried about the inside. Now you are surrounded by two shooters and a possible. So I call it, like, this, it's like spades. I got two yeah. and a possible. <laughs> so we got two shooters and a possible. And that possible is Leaky because Leaky can definitely knock down a three when he takes his time and he, he gets his feet set. Um, I want him to become a little bit more confident in it. So that means he's going to have to get in the gym and get up more and more shots. But as you can see, you got Kerwin right there. They, they collapse on G. And again, remember what we talked about having the big post up all the time. So if you look behind Garrison, you have uh, De'Ron Sharp posted up. And so remember how I told you that sometimes, I told you North Carolina does this to occupy the defense on the backside. Right. So instead of having him in the dunker spot on the backside, which is around that A area of tar, right there, heels to the baseline kind of deal, that's the dunker spot. So if, if, if he's there, then Garrison has the room to operate. But when you play two bigs like this and they collapse, they're so worried about the inside. Now it opens it up for shooters and now it opens it up for extra passes. Go ahead and play it. So Garrison, it collapses. He's quick swing, leaky, knocks down the three. Yeah. So that's the type of ball movement that North Carolina needs on a consistent basis. And especially if you're going to play two bigs like that. And again, the, if, I, don't, I don't know if y'all noticed it, but the backside guy, was so concerned about De'Ron Sharp posting up, and he was small that De'Ron Sharp was able to depend him, pin him a little bit, and that's why Leaky was so wide open. All right, let it play a little bit. So here we go, pause. So ball in the high post again, big on big. Every look, look where Notre Dame is. They want to protect the paint. They also want to protect the paint because they understand that North Carolina can't really shoot the three ball. Yeah. So that's why they're collapsing like this. They're saying if we're going if we're going to lose this game, it's going to be because North Carolina beats us from the three-point line. So Garrison gets the ball at the top of the key. Go ahead and play it. Yeah. 
swings it out to Leaky. Leaky, pause. Knowing, knowing that he isn't a shooter or, or knowing that, understanding like his game, as soon as he caught the ball, bang, bang, swing, swing. Yeah. He gets the ball to a shooter. Kerwin is able to knock down the three. That's North Carolina basketball at its finest right there. And that's what we haven't seen over the last couple games. All right, roll over to 236 for me. Again, we're still looking at bigs playing with the bigs. So this is after the possession. We're getting ready to throw the ball in the post. So again, we're going to have an action on the backside, pause it. Boom, right there. This is the advantage that we have big on big. When we got two bigs playing, and especially if, if we catch it outside of the post and we have another big dive down, more than likely the help guy is going to be a small. So if a guard is trying to guard a Walker Kessler, a Dayron Stark, a Armando Baycock, or a, uh, a Garrison Brooks, we are always going to have that advantage. So this is where the big, big lineup for North Carolina is really, really good. Again, they try to collapse. This time Walker has the mismatch, and he goes, go, goes ahead and finishes it. But as you can see on the backside, you got Caleb Love wide open. Mm -hmm. You got, you got uh, Leakey setting the screen for Playtech to come across as a shooter. And look, where are all eyes? All eyes are in the paint on the big. Yeah. So it really just depends. I don't even, for real, for real, Dayron might have been trying to get it to Caleb, but but Walker so dang on big, yeah. <laughs> he just snatched that joint. But again, nonetheless, this is a big on big that that works for North Carolina. Yeah. All right, good. slide it up to three oh seven. Pause. So, if North Carolina, Garrison Brooks in particular. We talked about this a little bit last night on, on after the game. If Garrison Brooks can continue to knock down this free throw line and extend it back to three jump shot, it is going to make North Carolina's offense look great. Yeah. It, and, and on top of that, if he can continue to knock down this shot consistently throughout the rest of the year, it is going to give Garrison Brooks a chance to be possibly a, a, a NBA draft pick. I think that Garrison has the potential to be that if he could continuously show this throughout this season where he can step out because now that the three-point line is pushed back and he, he shot it effortlessly, like it looked good. His form looked good, yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff. So if he's able to do that on a consistent basis, now Garrison Brooks turns into a, a second round draft pick or possibly a first round, depending on all you got to do is get somebody to like you yeah. or get somebody to love you. Excuse me. If you if you can find one team, all you need is one team to love you, and now you you're you're looked at as a hot commodity, and you're you're ended up getting drafted before somebody else. So play this. Garrison pops back, boom, lets it go. Now it was kind of beautiful. It like right because and now I'm telling you, if Garrison can do that on a consistent basis, then by all means, I'm telling you that North Carolina's offense will become that much more dynamic. Because why? It is creating the space that everybody else needs versus what you saw earlier in the clips where two guards are, or, or yeah. two bigs are posted up right next to each other in the paint. Yeah. If Garrison can slide that out to that three-point range and they have to come out and guard him on a consistent basis and he can put the ball on the floor with a pump fake and drive, yeah. it, it's yeah. going to start to look a little bit dangerous. But again, hopefully that comes to fruition for North Carolina. All right, 508. Um, so remember when Leakey was saying that there's some selfishness on defense. Yeah. And and, and I and I'm finna blast your boy Kerwin real quick. Kerwin, again, like I told y'all earlier in the podcast, you get on the floor if you could play defense for a coach and if you could shoot it. Right now, Kerwin is on the floor for, for North Carolina because he's the only shooter that we have. Outside of Puff Johnson, too, Puff can shoot it, but he's not getting the minutes. I don't think he's developed enough just yet in order to get the minutes right now that 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 he that he longs for. But Kerwin, he's doing he's doing a little bit. Kerwin continuously get hits by screens. Like he he doesn't have an awareness on defense that's good enough just yet. But he's on the floor because he can shoot it. 
But this is the selfishness a little bit that that Leaky was responding to uh, when when he's when he's talking about everybody playing collectively. Five guys have to play defense. Play it. Pause. That trap right there. So Dayron Sharp closes out and, and, and Garrison Brooks sacrifices. At this point, you don't have a man no more. You don't have a man. You are zoned up. You are playing between the two, that kind of deal. So right now, there, there's a guy wide open on the wing, which uh, uh, that would be RJ if he was to yeah. take that uh, because there's a trap on the ball. And uh, Leakey is doing his job by taking the, the first pass away right there. Uh, Kerwin is on the man, which is perfect. But now continue to play. Pause. Look at Kerwin. He was on that man. He was on that man that moved. And he's just standing there. So that's the selfishness that he was talking about. And, 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 I, and you know what? Let me back up because I don't want to call that selfish. I do want to call that a lack of awareness, though. Mm -hmm. at, at that point, you have to understand you don't have a man. But if you are guarding that man and you are the closest to him, you don't just stand there and point. Yeah. You you follow that man. So now RJ has a has a has a smaller closeout to whoever that is at the at the, at the wing. So those are the little things inside of North Carolina's defense. That that that's what Leaky was talking about. Hey, we're a little bit selfish. We ain't sacrificing for each other. Now I will say they did do a good job of uh, making the extra effort. This is extra effort by RJ mm -hmm. to realize that hey, yeah. dang, that joke is wide open. Yeah. At least let me run at him yeah. and contest yeah. the shot. Yeah. We didn't yeah. get that in Georgia Tech. Yeah, that didn't happen versus Georgia Tech. Jokers was just watching. Go ahead and play it. Yeah, he, he did try. See? So those are the little things that has to happen with North Carolina basketball. All right, and this is this one, this is the last clip. Uh this one kind of came about when we were talking last night on on uh on what is it okay. called? Clubhouse? Yeah, on Clubhouse. Uh B Dot asked this question and he was saying that you know he didn't know what a hard hedge was. And as I was explaining it last night, uh this was this was actually the exact play that I was thinking about because I know this is the play that fans were kind of uh, worried about, so to speak. All right, go ahead and play it. Pause. That right there is what basket in basketball terminology is a hard hedge. When a guy set it's, it's a side pick and roll, or it can be in the middle as well, but it is, it is when the big man steps out for about two defensive slides, I would have actually liked to see, Garrison step out a little bit more. Um, but as you can see, Caleb's man has cut through. Mm -hmm. North Carolina doesn't necessarily do uh, the pass off, meaning defensively, I pass my man off to you. Meaning right now, as this pick and roll is happening, Puff, Dayron, and Caleb are in perfect position to just stay there. Especially, and it's called KYP, Know Your Personnel. Yep. Number five, the ball handler for uh, for uh, Notre Dame is a non-shooter. Yeah. So if we understand that, that means a hard head, so that's fine. Garrison hard hedges. Uh, Playtech does his job. He gets over the screen and then under his man to meet number five on the other side of the screen so he doesn't have a drive. That's ideal. That's what a hard hedge is. The problem is when G doesn't, doesn't force him to go back enough, he only takes him off of his line by one step. G needs to probably take another step. He needs to take another step and force him probably about to the circle of the half court. Mm -hmm. And as he's running back, throw his hands up, and now it makes that pass to the big more of a lob pass. But also, as you can see, Caleb right now in perfect position, he can hold his spot for a second and be able to stunt to that bid to give Garrison time to get back. But that's not what North Carolina does, though. So North Carolina, they go ahead, they go ahead and follow their man through, which will make now Dayron Sharp the bottom guy 
So he will be the guy that if he did drive the basketball, he would be the guy that helps. But now you don't have a stunt because it's an empty side pick and roll. Right. So that's what happens on this. So as you can see, that's the hard hedge. He gets it back. G does a great job of trying to contest. But when shooters shoot, all they need is a little bit of daylight. And, right. and, and he had that all night. So um, understanding your, your personnel a little bit, but also understanding that the guy that's popping. Um, and, there, and there's different pick and roll coverages that you could have done there. Uh, but North Carolina is a hard heads team and they'll they'll yeah. continue to do that no matter what. So um that's it. The Dino's film breakdown. Thank you. That was really good, Dave. Um Thanks. so um as you wrap it up, um we already discussed Caleb Love. That was kind of one of the questions that I wanted to discuss, so we really went in depth with that. But um do you agree? Because <laughs> I think so. It is time to shut down college basketball because, and I, I think Duke will be the first to do it. And this is why I think so. Um, Duke recently had their game against FSU canceled due to COVID. And initially it was because of COVID traces um, in, within FSU's program, but it was later released um, that Coach K wasn't going to coach anyway because he was exposed as well. Um, but Duke was already in Tallahassee, which is the, the part they were very ready to play, but it got canceled. So um, we already know how Coach K feels concerning the season and, you know, him wanting to just pause it and possibly rethink what's going on. Uh, they haven't played a game since December 19th. They're supposed to play again against Boston College on, on Wednesday. But... Do you think it's time to go ahead and just, you know, relax the season? It, it, it's time to regroup because every week, even Notre Dame's game was canceled, and that's why they had to, you know, play Carolina. Carolina's game was canceled because of Louisville. Like, it's it's become a consistent problem. Syracuse. Um, Syracuse, my bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, a, a consistent problem with within uh, the NCAA with COVID. Um are, are, are we just risking too much? I, I know the whole money thing, the NCAA is not going to lose billions the, the second time around. I get it. But morally, is it time to, to like go ahead? Like, all right, we, 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 we can just ride this one out. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't that's, that's, that's a tough call for real. Like, I don't know if it's time to say cancel the season. The only reason why I am leaning towards that is because of the second strand that has oh. come to light. That, 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 that's really it, though. But if, if it was just this first strand, I, I would feel more comfortable saying, you know what, I don't think, I don't think this season should be canceled. Like, I think, because again, like, out of all of this, the one normal thing that these guys have is, is basketball. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I get it. Like being ready to play and getting excited to play. And then this, this cancel 30 minutes before you're like, God, Libra. Like it's very, very frustrating, but I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's enough to say that we shouldn't can't, that we shouldn't play the rest of the season because there have been so many games that have gone on yeah. without a hitch. Yeah. There were plenty of games yesterday. There were plenty yeah. of games the day before. Yeah. Like, so, and with that, that, that went on without a hitch. Yeah. So for, for, for it to be Duke, that's the, that's the, that's the one that's kind of, you know, maybe leading the charge to kind of cancel the season. Like I, I get it. Like, that's fine. If that's what they want to do. Uh, I think their women's program has already shut it down. They've already shut like, it down. Yeah. And I, and I heard that's a little bit, I heard, I heard that's, some, you know, something a little different with that. But nonetheless, um, I think, I don't, I don't know it. I don't, I, I wouldn't say shut it down. I, I think I, I, I think I am leaning towards, you know what, let these kids play as many games as they can, uh, understanding that there may be games that get canceled. But I think playing these games help these kids have some type of normalcy in their life and, and and now mind you i am all for protecting p 
people protecting these players, protecting the coaches, referees, everybody that's right. involved in putting these games on. Right. But I don't, I don't think because of one or two programs or, or, or even three or four that have a, have a, because all of this was just tracing. It wasn't that yeah, any of them was, positive. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So it was just tracing because they, right. they, they, oh shoot, I was around somebody out there. There yeah. could be a possibility. So I don't think you need. I don't think we need to panic in that way and say, "Oh shoot, Coach K got it." So we we need to. Uh, yeah. Okay, he, he doesn't have it, or I pray I pray he doesn't have it. Um, but I, I do I do I do understand the the urgency and the uh, like the drama behind it. But I but I also say let let's kind of let's kind of pump our brakes a little bit as far as saying cancel all basketball because. There has been so much right in, in yeah. this tough, tough season. So that's my take on it. But you know, I, I get it. I get it. If they if they do, I, I I understand it. But I would like to see it continue to go on. Uh, I think you would be proud of me. I watched a non-ACC game yesterday. Oh, okay, who you watch? Listen, I watched that Iowa Rutgers game. Uh huh. Boy, you, you see what I'm talking about with Rutgers? They should have won that game. They should have won that game. They should have won that game. That was such a good hey. game. Like it had me on the edge of my seat. Like I, I was. Uh-huh. Oh, it was so doggone good. Um, uh huh. And I actually wasn't that the game I said I was interested in seeing a couple of weeks ago. I think so. Yeah. But I but I also watched the Creighton and Providence game too, and that was a really good game too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right, I was the, like, the big the Big East gonna I bet the Big East not the Big East the Big East gonna beat up on each other too, but the big the Big Ten is gonna yeah. beat up on each other. Yeah, bad, <laughs> bro. Because hold on though, but did you see the Texas and Kansas game? No, I, I missed it. That. It was so good. Texas beat Kansas eighty four to fifty nine. Who did? Kansas, uh, Texas. Texas is ranked eight, and Kansas uh, is three. Three. Yeah. The 59 Texas book, Shaka, doggone smart. Listen, hey, Shaka, Shaka's finally kind of, I think he's finally kind of getting it. Like, yeah. he's been able to get some players here yeah. and there. Um, and I think, I think Coleman was a, was a hell of a fine, uh, for Shaka Smart, but yeah, I think he is, he, he's definitely one of the, one of the, the great up and coming coaches, but, um, I'm I'm interested in seeing like how everything plays out for Texas for the rest of the year because oh, yeah. they are such a they're they're and they're they're kind of they're kind of older. Yeah. They're they're senior led kind of deal. So I'm interested and Greg Brown is possibly a one and done. So I'm I'm interested in to see how they kind of revamp. Because right now, I think Shaka has had, I don't know how long he's been there. I think it's probably about, about, about four or five years. Four or five years. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. thinking maybe a little bit longer than that, but so if it's about four or five years, um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's like, he's right on the cusp of probably turning turning the program over. I think he's been there longer than that. Let me see how I'm, long. I'm looking, right, I'm looking right now. He's been there since 2015, so five years. Okay, five years. Dang, yeah. I felt like I felt like it was way longer than that. Yeah, because he he was. Yeah, because Kenny just came out. Yeah, because Kenny yeah. was VCU. Suppose, yeah, VCU, yeah. Okay, yeah, so five years. All right, five years. And I think he's had two, like, seasons where it's been where he thinks, where you think Texas basketball is supposed to be. Yeah. And then outside of that, he's, he's it's been, you know, kind of par or subpar, I think. But at the end of the day, I think Texas has, they have it. They have it. Even though that's a football school, like yeah. he could definitely build the basketball program to the heights of it was when KD was there or your PJ Tuckers and guys like that. So, um, yeah, I, we'll we'll see what he do with it though. Other notable losses in the NCAA yesterday was Oklahoma State beating number thirteen Texas Tech eighty-two to seventy-seven. Unranked Alabama, Oklahoma State's unranked as well. Uh, yep. Unranked Alabama beat number seven Tennessee seventy one sixty three. That was their first loss, wasn't it? But uh, yeah. Tennessee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. they was right like number five. They were they were coming up. Yeah, Jaden Spring and them boys. Rick Barnes did a great job. He did a great job with that class. 
and also with that program, man. I, I like what Rick Barnes does down there. And lastly, unranked Oklahoma beat number nine West Virginia, 75-71. So a, a yeah. lot of I watched good that, games. I watched yesterday. that game. I watched so that game. So many good games. But uh, there was another game that happened yesterday that resulted in a loss. Uh, North Carolina football was defeated by Texas A&M, mm. 41-27. to But it was a doggone good game. And Texas didn't have that game until late in the fourth quarter. Um, they scored 24 points in the fourth quarter. Um, but Carolina should have won that game. I truly believe, and I totally understand, and I think this is one thing we will forever agree on. I, I get Michael Carter and Javante Williams leaving early, but my God, had they been in that game, they would have won. Rushing was the issue. Carolina only had 90 yards rushing compared to the three, 400 they usually have. Right. Uh, Texas A&M only had 225. So had Michael yeah. Carter and, and Javante Williams been in this game, Carolina would have won this Orange Bowl. And, and I hate to to pit that on them or to even put that in the atmosphere, yeah. but you can't tell me that had those two been playing, Carolina wouldn't have won. They'd have um, ran away with it. Oh, I absolutely. think they'd have ran away with it. Absolutely. But, that's oh, a, but again, that's the, that's the... That's the price of, you know, yeah. the season being pushed back a little bit, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's that's kind of the way it goes. But at the end of the day, um, for me, like, I'm okay with them sitting out. Like, yeah. they Absolutely. have an opportunity to go get the bag after so many years of putting in work. And again, when we turn it, so this is the contrast between NBA and NFL. NFL makes you wait to go get that bag. Yeah. And then yeah. they cut your bag in half and then they only give you a little bit of bag. <laughs> <laughs> With the NBA, they, they give you that bag right away, but yeah. you ain't mature enough for it. So yeah. for them to make that decision, I think it's, it's a mature decision, honestly, yeah. because because the university, believe it or not, has made millions yeah. off of them. Yeah. Off of every single player that has played on that, on that, on that stage. They make millions. NCAA makes millions, mm -hmm. billions for real. Yeah. So off of the backs of these kids. So, and, and, and a bowl game isn't necessarily, you're not obligated to play that. You right. have fulfilled your contractual yeah. obligation yes. when the regular season ends. Yeah. Yeah. Had they been playing in that national championship? Of course, they probably oh, would have played. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no question. But at yeah. the end of the day, at the end of the day, I do understand their decision and respect it wholeheartedly because Absolutely. it is, it is enough what they have done yeah we and we thank them for the incredible career that they had at the university of north carolina yeah. and that's really yeah. and that's really all you can do that is and yeah so uh javante williams mike carter uh Diami brown and chad surratt are all leaving you know they opted out of the orange bowl and leaving early to prepare for the nfl and like you said they they had phenomenal career chad surratt i don't think played linebacker since his right. earlier years in high school. Years. He, yeah. Right. And he came in Carolina as a quarterback and to make that right. transition and to excel at it is, is phenomenal. And Devontae mm -hmm. had such a magnificent year and Dami, you know, had a, a thousand receiving. It, it just made sense. And to me, I think the reason why I'm so gung-ho on football players even early is because there is such a small window with the NFL. Right. The right. average player is, you know, saying three years. Three years. And it's, it's such and a short amount of time. And on top of that, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. Like with basketball, yeah. you can go overseas. There's so many yeah. leagues. You yeah. can make your bag somewhere else yeah. outside of the NBA. Yeah. With, with, with football players, it's the NFL, the Canadian League, and possibly the XFL. XFL. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like those, those are the only things that you could possibly do as a football player. And, and, and again, that window is so small. So if you're going to do it, you got to yeah. do it ASAP. And, yeah. and, and that's okay. And that's okay. So, but, but for North Carolina, and I'm a huge fan of North Carolina football. Everybody knows my story. I committed mm -hmm. there to play football, that kind of deal. But we won't get into that. But I'm a huge fan of North Carolina football. And so with Mac Brown uh, coming back, doing what he did, I just hope that once we do get the opportunity, because I believe it's coming. Absolutely. That these jokers play for a national championship that they opt in for that one. Right. Opt in for that one. 
That's it. That's it. They ain't got to play another bowl game. But opt in for that one. Because, but did next year, next year, I don't know. Next year, next because next year is the year. Next year is the year. I mean, you have next year is the year. Because Sam, because guess what? Sam gonna do the same thing next year now. So 19 out of the 22 starters are returning for Carolina next year. That says a lot with like the experience. And then, like, when you have players coming in who are ready, when you look at, for instance, a Keyshawn Silver, who already, he wants to be a dual athlete. He wants to play football and basketball. He's prepared. Your power echoes out of Charlotte. Your 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 Ravas and your your Drake Mays are coming in. Like, there's just so much firepower yeah. coming in. Your Eli Sutton's, like, it's just so much. Carolina is only going to get better. And I really think the way that these players have, have bonded via social media. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're the brotherhood already with these incoming class and they're actually they're the starting they're the fam- Carolina. They're the family. Yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't say brotherhood. That's, that's their style, bro. Oh my God. Yeah, we don't do that. Yeah. No, it ain't, no, it ain't the same thing. Oh, right. It ain't, it's they're not the, the same they're thing. They're family already. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate so, you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought. Um, they're, they're starting Carolina early. So whenever Carolina gets back in school, they'll be on campus. So yeah. starting this spring, Carolina's going to see some, some really good um, kids. And Tony Grimes, a high school senior, played phenomenal in this bowl game. And he's only going to get better. So I, I'm excited about Carolina football next year. And, I am too, man. And I, and I hope, like I said, I hope that they – I hope that they can get them one. And, and, I, yeah. and you know – because again, they they did for real for real. They should have had one this year. Yeah. The dang on them losses of uh, Florida State and dang on. But, but, but come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. We could have been in the ACC championship game. You're right. And I think we would have beat Clemson too. So yeah, you ready to go? <laughs> I, I, it would have been a close game. I don't. I don't. So you don't, you don't think North Carolina could have beat Clemson? Bro, Clemson ain't what they used to be now. You're Dabble, right. Dabble, so, Dabble down there getting humbled a little bit. So when you're and looking at... I like it. I do, I do I like too. It. I loved it. I, I like it. So when I'm looking at... I, I, so, I was so excited for Justin Fields. Oh, man, what? Yes, yes. What? Yes. I was excited for yes. that man. He and I hope phenomenal. he can go do it again. I hope he can mm. go do it again. Oh my God! I hope you can go do it again. That was such a good I, ain't, I ain't like a Hall- yeah. I ain't an Alabama hater. Now, they ain't sure ain't no Clemson hater, but but Justin Fields got to win this one. Yeah, Justin Fields got to win this one. Yeah, yeah. I like this kid. Yeah, it, it's, all, it's, it's it, it was like it was like Vince Young against against uh, USC. Right. Oh yeah, I like that kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that yeah, kid. yeah. Let's go. Right, I, ain't well, even, I ain't even no Ohio State fan either. But let's go. I'm on that bandwagon right now. You missed a good se- well, they only played a, a, a couple of games. They only played seven games. But Justin care. Fields is the truth. Because guess what? I, I'm just saying. Right. They would have they won the game. They would have won them if they played them. Everybody talking about they only played five games. Dabo talking about no, they can't rank their level. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. if you're not a regular OSU fan, you know, you probably wouldn't have consistently seen Justin Fields and, and his his glory, but Justin Fields is the absolute truth, and I hope he goes if he goes to the league this year, I hope he goes above Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. What, what oh, no, that ain't, no, 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 hold on. I don't, I don't know now. When you outperform Trevor Lawrence, I think that that should make you look Yeah, that's, like that's one game, though. That's one game, though. Um, we'll see against Alabama what happens. That's one game, though. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, he can go. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. That's it. He definitely going to go, but he might go number two. The Jets I might take I think he might go number one. He ain't going number one. No. It's it's Trevor. It's tre- definitely still Trevor Lawrence, the boy six five with a cannon, with the flowy locks, and he's, he a white boy. He's too. your American. He's a white boy. He, yeah, he's your. Uh, you, you, you're not drafted. I don't care yeah. what it is. You is not drafting a black quarterback number one overall. I think the last black quarterback to go number one overall was who? Michael Vick. Let me see who. I know people on that bottom. Yeah, who's the last? 
Look, I'm saying who was the last, and the first thing pops up, who was the last white cornerback in the NFL? Who is Googling that? Right. For it to be that high up, who was the last white cornerback in the NFL? Who was it since we're here? <laughs> Jason Seahorn, and he was damn good. Yeah, okay. Okay, who was the last? <laughs> One NFL quarterback pick. Uh, oh, I don't want <laughs> Jamarcus Russell, twenty fifteen. Jamarcus Russell was not twenty fifteen. That's what it says. I'm lying to you. Twenty seven, yeah. two thousand seven. I'm looking at the wrong date. My yeah, two thousand seven. Michael Vick. Oh, well, okay, well, it was Jamarcus. No, so James Jamarcus Russell. James, no, it was, was James Winston. One? He didn't go yep. number one, did he? Yeah, he did. Okay, yeah, he did. so yeah, James Winston. James Winston and then, Jamarcus James Winston Russell. And then uh, yeah, Jamarcus Russell and then Michael Vick. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was James Winston. I like All right, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I think if, if Justin had a, a bomb game against Alabama, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Ain't no hope got, for my boy. He, he, he number two at best. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. He number two at best. He number two at best. Yeah, you did. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all for <laughs> being with us here this morning and all our foolery. Shout out to our sponsors. R.L. Lamar Clothing. And yeah, I will put all their information in my campus on tees. Doing a phenomenal job keeping us asleep and, and looking magnificent. I ain't never body so. rolled on a podcast. Um, you know what's ended. Please end it. <laughs> <laughs> we holla.